Welcome to the Colors of Relationships podcast. I'm your host, Cedric Weatherspoon, licensed marriage and family therapist. And I'm Dr. Asia King, licensed professional clinical counselor. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoy the show. If you're looking to start your own podcast, Buzzsprout is the perfect place to start. If you follow the link on our link tree, once you get a paid plan, you also will get a $20 Amazon gift card. The team at Buzzsprout is definitely passionate about helping you succeed, and they make sure that your show gets listed on every podcast platform. Since we've used Buzzsprout, we're available on Spotify, Apple, truly anywhere that you can think, and we definitely have seen a turnaround in our amount of listeners. So if you're ready to get started and knock out that podcast that's been going around in your head, head over to our link tree, follow our affiliate link, and be sure to sign up for Buzzsprout today. Hi, and welcome to the Colors of Relationships. Um, Hey, Cedric, how are you? I am doing wonderful. This this is a beautiful day. We're a few few minutes away from Christmas. Well, a few weeks, not minutes. Not even a few weeks. Christmas is next week. So. Well, next week, two weeks. All right. We know like you haven't gone there. shopping. No, I right. haven't. No, you have not. So it's in a couple of weeks. It's next do, Thursday, Friday. Do you, know, do you know the malls are packed? Full no. of people. No, they're not. Oh, mm, if you... The well, last okay, time you I, I, went out to the, I went out to the mall today and it was dead packed. So okay. Amazon ain't packed. Yeah, but if you you didn't get it in on time, then you'll That's get it next true. year. That's not true. They deliver. Oh, you know what? We're not going back and forth. How yeah, let's get to the show. Everybody doing it. <laughs> <laughs> that almost spiraled. That almost got out of control. But I know. We can I know. get into these fights. We do. But hey, so I know tonight you wanted to bring um, to the attention of our audience of something groundbreaking that happened this week. So for those of you who don't know, earlier this week, um, what was that, Tuesday or Wednesday, um, a young man by the name of Mayan Burrell was released from prison after serving 18 years um, for what a stray bullet hitting and killing an 11-year-old named Taisha Edwards. But at the time, the big deal about this is, is that at the time, Bayan was 16 years old and, you know, he was not around the area at that time or that's what he has presented. And so he has spent 16 years or no, 18 years of his life fighting this case. Um, And he's local. He's from North Minneapolis here. So for those of y'all who are listening, he's a local guy. Um, But you're 16 years old and you spend 18 years of your life saying you did not do this. And so eventually they did let him out. Like I said, he got released this week um, because after much research and much activism and much fighting it, Um, They found that the investigation, you know, showed something different and that there were a lot of flaws in the investigation. 
And so that goes back into, you know, the whole point of community and police relationships. And, you know, our young men, when they are in these situations, you know, feeling safe or feeling secure that they can talk or that they can trust police officials because somewhere along the way, he was probably guilty before they even started. What do you think, Sarah? Yeah, I I wanted to point out is that's a life sentence for a 16-year-old to be 18 years in, in prison. That's a life sentence. So, you know, I'm not... You know, the evidence is the evidence. I'm, we're not doing this thing with we're trying to be the detective. They vetted this, you know, Governor Walls, you know, um, was able to kind of help him be free and all the people in the communities uh, that works hard, worked hard. The problem is, it's like this is an ongoing problem, you know, and uh, with sentencing teenagers, mm-hmm. you know, and. Most of them, like most, you know, black, it's an overwhelming amount of black youth in the in the prison system that are doing life as a as adults. Um, so I think one of the things that I, I think is important is, is to I think one of the. The folks said that two people were victimized, uh, Maya, Mr. Burrell. And the little girl, the little 11-year-old girl that got shot. And I would add one more, their family. So their family hasn't really had any closure. I think someone stepped up and admitted that, hey, this guy did not shoot this little girl. He had nothing to do with it. Uh, I think he's in. He's currently serving time in prison right now. And, you know, I heard him speak today. And he said the reason why he came forth, he said he could, he just felt bad about victimizing two people. It's like, he's already doing time and in the prison, but he's, he didn't want to victimize two people. So he admitted to the crime. And so it's still some debate going on that if he's guilty or not, um, you know, and I think that's the biggest piece. It's like, although he's been exonerated, it's still people out there saying like, uh, we believe he's still he's guilty. And if I'm not mistaken, they're going to continue the investigation. So okay. I'm, I don't think it's over. He's just released for now or that they're calling for there to be an another another investigation. Um, they're just not going to let him go. Scott. Well, the challenging part is like the police, the police reputation in Minneapolis. You know, like they have a if you have a reputation of uh, corruption and doing, um, you know, botching up bad evidence, you know, if you have a history of doing that and selling lawsuits, then why would people believe that you didn't do it this time? And they even had like they had a process where uh, they were interrogating this guy who's one of the guys who was associated with the murder and it was like okay we're gonna give you a hundred dollars if i can get a check cut for a thousand dollars for you to kind of come up and tell the truth you know would you would that be appealing to you mm-hmm. and you know what is that i mean isn't that coercion or what kind of 
you know, what kind of tactic is that? Interrogated interrogation tactic is that? You right. know, so basically, I'm gonna pay you a thousand bucks to say what you know, and I'm I'm not gonna question it. Well, I think it's important that we, you know, we're looking at, like you said, Burrell's case isn't new. You know, it's not it's not new. Um, it's new to the family, but it's not new to society. Where so, I mean, look at the Central Park Five. Mm-hmm. You know, they went to prison for years off of an allegation of sexually assaulting a white woman. And so this isn't new where, you know, coercion tactics have been put in place, like you said, botched evidence. So, you know, the relationship with the police isn't there. And we don't, you know, the as BIPOC communities, you know, have been known not to trust, that's because, you know, there has been the level to that was created to not trust. Yes. So now we're in a critical point. And then, and then of course, we throw in George Floyd's Emmett Till's and, you know, you name the list. Because black bodies aren't, aren't, aren't respected. Brown bodies aren't respected. Mm -hmm. So we're in a turn now where we have to make a decision as to how do we continue to engage in these unhealthy relationships um, and and still have a quality of life because now Mr. Burrell has to catch up with all of this. He has to catch up 18 years. He has to catch up. And it's going to take some time and adjustment. So let's take a break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk further about um, the judicial system and how it has helped, how we are in a relationship with it, but also how it has harmed. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Visit our link tree for more information on purchasing Finding My Cool from Amazon.com or Target.com. Welcome back to the Colors of Relationships. Um, I'm your host, Dr. Asia King, along with Cedric Weatherspoon. So, you know, we um, left off. I, I think I posed the question of um, how, you know, what's the relationship like with the judicial system and how it has worked, you know how it has worked versus how it hasn't worked because I'm not personally saying like let's uh, get rid of the police I'm not going to police anything mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm more on the side of change the system and have better quality community policing right. you know that's you know if you, you cut the budget too much then what are you dealing with right. now I mean so to fix the problem, not just, you know, well, we're going to take money away and put it over here. When people are asking, you know, you need to fix the problem. That's simply what they're asking. But that's, I think, but that's the thing. I think that's the hard piece to put your thumb on. The thumb, the, the, the part of putting your thumb on it is saying, well, what is the problem? Well, oh, we're, the- they, they are policing. 
But the problem is, is you can't be judge, jury, and executioner. That's straight up. Everything else outside of that is, you know, is makes that situation better to establish that you're not judge, jury, and executioner. You cannot go and shoot on unarmed people. You have to be able to be prepared to deal with people with mental health issues. Um, you know, whether it's a collaboration with mental health professionals. Um, but these are some serious topics that you have to deal with. And then the last thing is police have mental health issues too. Dealing with deal, working in some some of these communities in high crime areas and dealing with deaths and doing all this other stuff and domestic violence on an ongoing basis and the support the mental health of the police. So when they do come in a situation, they're healthy and clear, but we're not even having that conversation at all. And that's that's the biggest component because we know that. Trauma stays in your body until you address it. And, you know, I've learned that, you know, depending on where you are stationed as a police officer, you know, you might only get one evaluation. And that's when you first got got in. So that might be the the first time you ever do a psychological evaluation is when you go in Mm -hmm. and they don't assess throughout. So you can serve 30 years on the force and never see another therapist unless, you know, but that's not healthy. No, not at all. Especially if you have to discharge your weapon. Especially if you have to discharge a weapon. Yes. So I think that when we talk about fixing the system, we have to recognize what exactly are we talking about fixing because it hasn't been able to be fixed because people who hold the power allow this cat and chase kind of thing that makes it hard to pin it down. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, the, it's that stigma of mental health that plays out into policing, too. You know, mm-hmm. who wants to be have a diagnosis and looked at as like I have a mental health problem mm-hmm. or I need mental health services. So the stigma behind mental health is playing out, is showing up in the police, in our policing too. You know, people aren't getting help, help, and therefore, you know, they may be reacting in a different way. I, it would be interesting to see the number of people who seek mental health services after shooting or after, you know, going in and pulling somebody's dead body out or, you know, getting in, getting involved in a domestic domestic dispute that was escalated or seeing your partner uh, doing shooting someone or escal- a situation escalating against your partners. So, I mean, those are questions that we haven't even began to uncover yet. And I think the community at large has the right to under- know that police are being supported in that area too. But we haven't even gotten to that point yet to have that discussion. Right. I mean, this is this is serious business. This is serious business, you know, and it, it's like you said, it stems with mental health, but it also stems back to why did policing, you have to look at the, her, the history of policing. Mm-hmm. The history of policing. Policing actually started out as a community aspect. It was, hey, 
Joe, I'm finna go to the store. Watch my horse. <laughs> and Joe watched the horse. <laughs> Make sure it didn't get stolen. Right. That was and a death sentence back in the day. If, right. And if Larry came along, all right now, Larry, you keep on moving on. Last time I told you to watch the horse, you took it. That was actual policing. Mm-hmm. And policing was also used to watch us. Mm-hmm. It was used to watch and patrol us. Slave patrol. Mm-hmm. Protect policing was really about protecting property before it was about protecting people. Yeah, yeah. And who guess who was the was the property? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, it's so much, I mean. It's just, I think policing in the judicial, the judicial, the judicial system is very complex. It is. I mean, you know, sometimes systems can be very old. I mean, mm-hmm. and I think we in this country we have a lot of old systems that really need to be revamped. Yeah. And for example, like, you know, we we just came out of a tough political climate, and we're still dealing with that. But the system is old. I mean, I think one of the Achilles heel of of being American and having pride in being an American is we have all the good stuff. So it's nothing that needs to be changed. No one's acknowledging that, hey, some of our system has flaws and holes in it. So I give you an example. Well, you're supposed to um, be tried by a jury of your peers. Mm-hmm. You know, what does that mean? And how often does that happen? The other piece is you're proving innocent until you're innocent until proven guilty. Mm-hmm. Well, if that's the case, why are you locking folks up if they're innocent? So you're locking innocent people up? How, how does that go? You know, the whole wording of that is it, like, okay, what, what does that mean? So if you got uh, $100,000 bail, you can go out and hang out. You know, or if you're a good standing person in the community. So what does that mean? So I don't have to have bail if I'm a good standing person in the community and someone judges me and see that I'm not a flight risk. How does that work? And that's and that's why reimagining policing is really the conversation. Not so Mm -hmm. much. So it it seems because I've been working heavily in this um, within my city and you know, just having these conversations and stuff. And it seems like there's a few sides, but the two sides that I see are you got the defund and then you have the reimagine, mm-hmm. you know, defund the police, but then let's re. And then the other side is reimagining policing mm-hmm. and the reimagining policing aspect says, you know, we, you know, policing at this point, it is the fabric of our country. Mm-hmm. So nobody is saying get rid of the police, not even the defunders. But what we are saying is that you have to reimagine the way you approach what's considered delinquency and crime. You know, yes. because one thing a professor asked me back when I was in college, she said, what, what determines bad? What, what determines bad, right? What determines bad versus good? Mm-hmm. And we all threw out these, you know, things. 
And she said, really, ultimately, what determines bad is the person who has power. Mm. Mm-hmm. They get to define what's bad. Because if you take some of the laws and the things we have over here and compare them to other countries, what we see as bad, they may not see as bad. Yes. And vice versa. So we have to reimagine policing. We have to re-envision who set the standard. How do we need to change the narrative? And ultimately, how do we need to work together not against, to, to come to the same common goal, which is to live free and happily in this beautiful country we call the USA. Yes. So let's take a break. We'll come back uh, with more um, on policing conversation around the judicial system and how we can help fix it. Don't forget to visit our link tree to find access to all of our social media and more information on how to purchase the book, Finding My Cool by Dr. Asia King. All right. And welcome back to the Colors of Relationships. So we're doing our wrap up. All right. This is the time where we give our uh, minute, two minute spiel on what we think about, you know, our, our topic. So, said you want to go first? Well, I would like to start out just saying, like, um, the grief is all around the Mayan um, Burrell case. I agree for the family, the family who lost their daughter. Uh, I, re- I agree for the teenager, teenage Mayan uh, Burrell who had to uh, be in an adult situation and who was uh, maintained his innocence and had to navigate that. Those are powerful. That's, that's just powerful stuff. So it's a lot of work. Um, a lot of healing needs to happen. It's a lot of trauma involved in this case. What I, I my takeaway is compassion for everybody involved and, and realizing that, you know, pain is pain. You know, so everybody in this situation is experiencing pain uh, to see uh, on both sides. If you're looking at, um, you know, you're looking at the picture, you nobody wins in this case. So I just want to highlight it's, it's important that we start to revamp our criminal justice system and looking at things like teenage offenders. Uh, looking at community policing and how people, how uh, police gather evidence. And so every, all of those things need to kind of be revamped and, and changed. And so in this case, I'm hoping just like with George Floyd, Floyd, this will set precedent and, and draw attention to um, what changes we need to make in the criminal justice system. All right. Thank you. And for me, my uh, my wrap up is I am happy that um, Mayan is out Um, just because now he has an opportunity to fully give back to, you know, what was lost. And he can really make some momentum with this. He can really 
be impactful in this because there are lessons all in this in this situation there's all sorts of lessons you know lessons on forgiveness lessons on pain lessons on healing lessons on respect there's so many lessons in this and so you know he has an opportunity to use this as a platform to heal because oftentimes we think we go through things and sometimes it's not for us, it's for other people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is an opportunity. Um, and once again, this just highlights how much we really have to be intentional about reforming and reimagining how policing is done. So, I hope whoever is listening to this conversation, you know, be impactful in your community and make sure that you're taking a stance and not just a complaint and go for what you know needs to change. So thanks for joining us. That's the color of relationships, everybody. You all have a wonderful, wonderful holidays. And you can also... Check us out on Facebook, and we're on Twitter. Um, your sister's doing a wonderful job of making sure that people are getting know. exposed to our uh, our podcast. Uh, be be sure to check us out on that. It's very exciting. And if you have any questions or comments, feel free to do that. Like our page. Uh, that helps a lot. It helps us build our audience, and we want to make sure that we're very interactive with our audience. So yeah, just check us out. We're on Facebook, Colors of Relationships, and on Twitter, Corpse, uh, Colors of Relationship Podcast. And then we're on Instagram also. You can find us on there too. Okay. Um, Can you say that part one more time? Because right when you were saying it, you froze. So everybody can, so you just said everybody can find us where? On Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Colors of Relationships. All right. All right. Absolutely. So y'all have a wonderful Christmas. Have a safe new year. We will be back the first week of January with special guests and exciting, more exciting conversation. But definitely we're going to have more guests and we're super excited. Right, Seth? Yes, and Black History Month is in February. We're Ooh, gonna turn. We're I'm gonna coming turn with my. I'm coming with my see-through dashiki. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, y'all be well. All right, bye, y'all. Be well. Be sure to find us on Facebook at Colors of Relationships. Follow us on Instagram at The Colors of Relationships, and find us on Twitter at the C O R Podcast.